now the possibilities are endless. Right? Um, uh, a halachic issue related to the parsha, and uh, it goes like this. We start with number one. It's a Rashi this week in Parshas Akiv. A well-known Rashi, and there's lots to discuss. The Pasuk says in the beginning, Moshe tells us, Kol ha-mitzvah, all the mitzvahs, or all the mitzvah that I command you, you should fulfill. Rashi explains, first of all, Kapshutai. When it says, Kol ha-mitzvah, it means like all the mitzvahs. Everything I command you, says Moshe, I want you to fulfill. But then says Rashi, Medrash, God, I got to bring a Medrash over here. Because why didn't Moshe say, Kol HaMitzvah? By saying, Kol HaMitzvah, it sounds like the entire commandment in the singular. What does that mean? So, Papashtus Rashi says, no, nah, it means all the mitzvahs. It means everything I command you. But still, it's a little nagging why Moshe chose the words of Kol HaMitzvah, the entire commandment. So, Rashi therefore brings a Medrash. In his chalta be mitzvah, he start a mitzvah gemaray. So be sure to finish it. Taka the entire mitzvah in the singular. You do a mitzvah, you do it from A to Z. Sheeno nikras ella al shem hagoymer. The one who gets credit is the one that finishes it. How do I know? Shenemar, as it says, and you might be familiar with this from a sechta where this is brought. Rashi here is quoting from the Tanchuma. The story of Yosef as Atzmas Yosef Asher Helu Bnei Yisrael Mimitzrayim Kavru Bishchem. The pasuk says in Yeshua that the bones of Yosef that the Yidden took out of Egypt they buried in Shechem. That's what the pasuk says in Yeshua, and that's a big problem because if you look in uh, Parshas B'Shalach, it says Vayikach Moshe Moshe took the bones of Yosef Ki Hashpeya Hishpia because before Yosef passed away. He told his brothers to take an oath. It was a double oath. He told his brothers to swear that they would tell their children, they would swear their children that the Yidin will not leave Egypt without Yosef. And it says, Moshe took him. It says clearly in Pasha's B'Shalach, Moshe took Yosef. It says in Sefer Yeshua, it was the Yidin that took Yosef out of Mitzrayim. So Rashi asks, it was Moshe, it was Moshe alone. The word Levada is crucial. It was Moshe alone that was involved to take them out of Egypt. Rashi doesn't even quote the Pasuk in B'Shalach. He expects us to remember it. So it's a mamash, a contradiction of Pesukim. So what's the answer? It says Rashi, Elo, the Pshat's like this. Since Moshe Taka, he did 90%. He took Yosef out of Mitzrayim. He took care of him for the 40 years, but he didn't finish it because ultimately Moshe didn't make it to Eretz Yisrael. Who buried Yosef? Agamru Yisrael. They didn't complete it. Ah! They get credit for the entire thing. Nikras Hashmom, it's called on their name. That's the explanation. Rashi's, okay, they say it's from the Tanchuma, but it's also a well-known Gemara in Masech Tesaita. Right? The Gemara, Rami, the Gemara asks this contradiction from Bishalach to Yeshua. Who took Moshe's bones? And the answer is the same answer. Moshe did 90%. It was other Yidin that finished it off. And uh, those that finished it get the credit for the entire thing. So it's a very interesting idea. Two people split the mitzvah. One guy does 90%, 95%. The other guy just does the icing on the cake. He gets credit for the whole thing. And what's the source? Because the pasuk says, kol ha-mitzvah, do the entire thing. Now, you could ask off the bat, but kol ha-mitzvah means do the entire thing. So if the first guy gets hit on the head because he only did 95%, the second guy only did 5%.
How did he do kol ha-mitzvah? How did he do kol ha-mitzvah? Like, why are we bashing the guy that started? Why don't we say, don't jump onto the, the bandwagon of someone else's mitzvah. You've got to do the whole thing, because kol ha-mitzvah. Why don't we speak to the finisher? Okay, and that's an interesting discussion, and it is discussed by some of Farshim. <clears throat> now, with this rep in, in halacha, before we get to the discussion for today, there's a, first I've got to tell you the shir that I'm not giving, and I will give another time. But there's a well-known discussion that, you know, if you're somewhere in the middle of nowhere the first night of Pesach and you only have half a kezayis of matzah, is there an Indian to have half the kezayis of matzah? You're not getting the full amount anyways. Chatzi shir b'mitzvah, doing half the amount by a mitzvah. If you have tefillin with only three parshish, is there any Indian in putting it on? Now that's already different. Because we know the Mishnah says in Menachas that the four parashis of the Tefillin, the Kaddishli, etc., all four parashis are ma'ak of each other. If you have three without the fourth, it's like nothing. It's like on Sukkot, taking three minim. If you don't have the Esri, take the other three. That's different than when you have matzah, you don't have enough of the matzah, right? right? But then the Shah's a Lulav also has to have a shear. You know, what if your Lulav doesn't have the full height? Is there an Indian in taking it? Is that similar to half a kezayis of matzah? No. Or maybe it's still different. Still. A lulav which is missing in height is nishken lulav. Exactly. Matzah, it's matzah. You just don't have the full kezayis. Well, about, about, it's a lulav. It's a lulav. It's no, just missing. Anyways, we could argue about that. And it's a big discussion. It's a fascinating thing by many mitzvahs. And this story has a lot to do with it. Because Moshe, Moshe sweated for 40 years. We're going to see what he did with Yosef's bones for 40 years. Also, the Medrash Rabbah, how he found the bones. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was gathering gold. One guy was right. getting bones. Right. Chacham The Pasuk says, wise, the wise man takes mitzvahs and the Medrash Rabbah and the Gemara Saita said, it's Moshe. All the Yidin were gathering. Uh, and he couldn't find uh, it. Exactly, exactly. He and he couldn't find it for Sarah three days. Said, Why are you yeah. so distressed? He said, let me take you to where it is. Right, exactly. The Medrash Rabbah says for three days, Moshe was walking back and yeah. forth until Serach bumped into him. The Gemara in Saitis mashma that Moshe sought out Serach. And there's an interesting debate between Toysus and the Toysus Shans in Saita. If Moshe sought out Serach or Serach bumped into him. Big difference. If Moshe sought out Serach, why would he look for Serach? Menashe's kids were alive. Machir, Yori were alive. They would know. They would know. Why would you go to Sarah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Toysus Shans believes vehemently. He says, for sure, Moshe, if Moshe is looking for anyone, he would have gone to Menashe's kids. It must be. He didn't go. He tried to do it himself. And then Nebuch, it didn't work. Sarah saw him. You know, he was, uh, after three days looking, Sarah says, well, what's wrong? And then he told her. And she said, listen, I can help you. Toysus, though, says no. Toysa says he sought her out, Dafkin. Taka, why her and not Menashe's kids? So Toysa quotes the whole story from the Pirkei Derabilezer in order to answer this kasha. It says in Pirkei Derabilezer that when Moshe came to tell the Jews, God's taking you out, the Yidin were concerned. Maybe he's a false Mashiach. Because 30 years before, when the Bnei Ephraim, we had a shi a couple of years ago, when the Bnei Ephraim left and 30,000 people died, it was a false Mashiach. So they weren't sure if Moshe is credible or not. And they, the elders, this Canaan, went to Serach, and she told them, what did the man say? And they said, Moshe said something, she said, ah, those are the words, those are the words. No one knew the secret, if everybody knew it, so then what's the Kun said Moshe knew it? Only she knew it. People knew that she knew what the code was, but not what the actual code was. 
And so Tosfer says, oh, since Sarah was the one that got the Geula going, the ki- exactly, so therefore Moshe knew, we can't leave without Yosef, she's going to be the woman to help us. That's how Tosfer learns. Tosfer's chance is anyhow. I once gave a course about to, um, Put it on the list? Yeah. About 10 years ago, I once gave a little course about Sarah. Fascinating stuff. Because uh, she's still alive, that's why. Yeah, we're, we're Ashkenazim. We're Ashkenazim. <laughs> right? The Medrash says there are 9, 10, or 11 people that went to Ghanaian alive. Two women. Two women. Bisya, Paris' daughter, and Sarah. In fact, there's a Medrash that says that Rabbi Yochanan. Okay? And the, so there you go. So. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so we have to, we have to, all right. It's sort of here. Yeah. Maybe that's the difference, Taka. That's why we call it Basi instead of Bisi. Right. Right. <laughs> or she was, uh, she was from Egypt. She's a Sfardisha. She's a Sfardisha, so we can name after although she's alive. Sarah was Ashkenazi. Sarah was Ashkenazi. Anyhow. Basia, the Gemara says in Megillah, yeah, she went down to wash. Lirchitz Megillule Beisavia. Yeah, yeah, she was... Oh, so, oh, okay, all right. Let's save this for another time. But there's... Yeah, yeah, There's a Rashi there. The, okay, the Shagas Aryan is safe for Tudor Yevon wants to know. It may, could be that she just became a Ger When a guy is makabal on themselves not to serve idols, so they become a... It's a certain transition uh, not to be a Ger but a Ger And that's how the Shagas Aryan learned. But there's a big discussion what happened to Basia. There's a magic that said Rabbi Yochanan was once giving Shir, and he was discussing Kriyas Yamsuf with his Talmidim. And he told them that each shavit had their own path, but in between there was a, the walls were not see-through. Oh, nothing. They not were see-through. translucent. Is that the, the no, yeah. that you That's couldn't... Not see-through, I thought. No, uh, not transparent. Transparent, right. Yeah. Tra- whether they were, uh, you couldn't see oh. one from the other. Every, in, in other words, Rabbi Yechon was saying each shavit was on their own journey. The Medrash says, Serach walks in. She walked into the base medrash, came down from heaven, and she said, no, I can't let this. She said, I was there. I was there, and I can tell you that you could see through. Wow. Yeah, yeah, just the, the medrash records a story that happened. Fascinating. <clears throat> now, you probably, the students are wondering, is that really Sarah or some woman walking by that just wanted to, you know? <laughs> Anyhow. the story that you told of the Rebbe Rashab in the attic, no? He was a child. A lady couldn't have a child. You told the story of him. When the Rebbe Marash. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, and he left. Yeah, 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 the Rebbe Marash. That's right. What happened? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, he coughed out the... Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right, anyway, so let, let's... Uh, yeah, that's the story. Fascinating. Anyhow, so there's... Uh, so back to our discussion. So Moshe Poshet had geschwitzt. Third secure, 40 years, is busy with Yosef's bones. <clears throat> now, could be Moshe assumed that he would finish the job. Although Rashi in the end of Parshish Shmois already says... Before the Yidin left Mitzrayim, when Moshe said, Loma Hariyosa, why did you, why were you uh, evil towards the people? Hashem told Moshe, Atosira, Moshe, now you're going to see what happens to Paroi. Rashi quotes that Hashem was hinting to Moshe, you're going to see what happens now. You're not going to see what happens to the, the victory of the 31 kings in Israel. So it sounds like Moshe already knew he ain't going to Eretz Yisrael. And there's a big discussion if Moshe thought he could break that decree. Some of Farshim learned the decree was only that he wouldn't lead them in as a leader, but he can come in as an individual, like under Yeshua. There's a lot of discussion about that. But either way, it could be Moshe knew he isn't going to finish the mitzvah anyways, but Moshe said, I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. 
Right, exactly. Exactly, the Nevoa. It could be there, he was just, he was hoping he could be Mavat to the Gzaira, but he was using that to his benefit. To, <laughs> there it worked for him to invoke the Gzaira to get himself out of the... <clears throat> or it could be that he thought that once he takes the job... Anyhow. He didn't say no, bring us, bring them. The Marshal says it was Nibavaloyodam and Nibba. They all asked who said Loyodam, maybe yeah, Yoda. Anyhow, it's fine. But if Moshe didn't know that he would fit, if Moshe thought he wasn't going in, he wasn't going to finish the job. But he still said, let me do whatever I can. Do you know what that teaches you? If you have a half a kazayas of matzah, you eat whatever you can. In fact, it's a Rashi also in last week's parsha by the Ode Miklot. There's a mitzvah to se- separate six Ode Miklot. Moshe did three of them on the eastern of the, of the Yarden, of the Jordan, in the areas of Reuven, God, and Manasseh. Moshe knew he isn't going to do the other three. And they weren't even effective. The first three weren't effective until all six were... Uh, set up, at, you know, we're uh, activated at the same time. Yet Moshe said, if something comes my way, I'm going to do it. It's a similar idea that Moshe said, whatever your Abe mitzvah bol liyadi, I'm going to do. I am not going to finish it. I'm going to do whatever I can. And these two stories last week about the Ari Miklod and this Rashi over here can have a lot to do with the discussion. If you know that you can't finish the mitzvah anyways, should you still do as much as you can? And it's a fascinating thing. Anyhow, but the issue we have today is like this. Really, Moshe Rabbeinu is carrying Yosef's bones for 40 years. Moshe's a Kayan. Moshe's a Kayan. Okay, let's, so let's, let's have a look. No, 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 let's have a look. We did, we did, we did, we did. We Listen, we'll come across that too. We're going to see about seven or eight answers about this issue. If Moshe Rabbeinu was a Kayan, what in the world is he doing with Yosef's coffin? So was Moshe Kayan or not? So first we've got to look at number two. It's a Gemara in Zvachim Daf Kufbez. The Gemara is going to quote a Brais of three opinions of Tanoim. So first the Gemara says something very important. The Gemara says that when it came to Miriam's Saras, who declared her a Metzairah? Aaron was a relative. And the Brais says it can't be Moshe because Moshe was a Zor, is a non kayan It can't be Aaron because he's a relative. It was God. Now look at the Gemara number two. Katani Mias, but it does say Moshe Zor, that Moshe was a non Kayan. The Ain Zor Royas Hanagayim. That Bryce says Moshe couldn't pronounce Miriam's Tumah because Moshe is a Zor, he's a non Kayan, he's a Levi, and a Zor can't be Roya than a Goyim. So that Bryce seems to indicate Moshe is a non Kayan, pretty clear. Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzchak, it proves nothing. Shiny Maris Nagoyim. Moshe could have been a full-fledged Kayan, but he still can't pronounce somebody Tom as far as Saras. The Aaron or Bon of Ksuvin Baparsha. When it comes to the Nagoyim, it says clearly Aaron and his kids. In other words, not all Kayanim can see Nagoyim. You have to be from Aaron's family. What does that mean? Moshe! Or somebody else, in theory, if you would become a Kayan, but if you're not from Aaron's kids, it doesn't work. Says the Gemara Mesevei Avishai Lechomis Smachas Hoyse Elisheva Yisei Rabbanu Yisrael on a specific day. On that day that the Mishkan was set up on Rishchaydish Nissan, a year after they left Mitzrayim, was exactly a year after the first mitzvah was given. The mitzvah Achaydish Azel Lochem, the Jewish calendar was given on the first day of Nissan, two weeks before they leave. 
Egypt. Exactly a year later, they set up the Mishkan, and the Braisa says Elisheva was the wife of Adam, the sister of Nachshon, had five things to be happy about on that day. Yevama Melech, Yevama, her brother-in-law, Aaron's brother, Moshe is a king. Isha, her husband, Aaron, the king Gadol. Benah, her son, Sgan, a deputy king Gadol. Ben Benah, her grandson, Pinchas Meshuach Muhammad was anointed to lead the war, like he did against Midian. Achia, her brother, Nachshon, Nasi Shevet, the head of the Shevet. But yet, But on that very day, her two sons, Nadav and Aviyu, died. Okay, very sad day. I have mixed feelings. So, But this price says that Elisheva's brother-in-law, Moshe, was a king. Melech, in yeah, he was a king, but not a Kohen Gadol. Or Kohen, says the Gemara, af Melech, no. It's just one paper here, plenty of um, Moshe really could have been a Kohen. It could have been a Kohen Gadol too. The Bryce is saying that he was a Melech in contrast to Aaron, who was only Kayan Gadol. So you see, the Gemara is really pushing the idea it could be Moshe was not only a Kayan or Kayan Gadol. So na- and now the Gemara says. Why do you say Kayan or Kayan Gadol? Why do you think he would be a Kayan Gadol if he's a Kayan? Okay, so, so let's say Katanoi, Katanoi says the Gemara, you know what? The truth is, it's an old debate of Tanoim. Vayichar Af Hashem B'Moshim. Pasha Shmois, when Moshe refuses to take the mission to go to Mitzrayim, the Abish is angry. So says Rabbi Shul ben Karcha, I'm Shul ben Karcha is the son of Rabbi Akiva. Son of Rabbi Akiva? Well, uh, one? Okay, fine. But uh, some time, Rabbi Shul ben Karcha, some say, we don't know. He was away most of the time. Okay, but he had a daughter. We know he had a daughter. Him? Yeah, exactly. The snake, that story there. Yeah. Um, and the child is if Yeshua ben Karch and Shimon ben Karch as his kids. You see, some say that Rabbi Akiva was called Karch because he was bold. Yeah. So when Rabbi Yeshua was called Rabbi Yeshua, the son of the bold one, it means the son of Rabbi Akiva. But maybe one kid. Could be, yeah. yeah. Not a big family. Lachair or not. Right, there's places there. Could they, yeah, yeah. The child is, does Karch refer to Rabbi Akiva? Ben Azai wants to. Anyway, okay, fine. Let's go weiter. So Bishu ben Karcha said, Kol Haroin Afshe Whenever it says the Abish is angry, Nema Boy Roshim, there's a remnant. When the Abish is angry, there's a punishment, there's a repercussion. Vizeh, but in Pasha Shmois, when Moshe refuses the mission, the Abish is angry. Why Nema Boy Roshim, Mr. State Gun? There's no, it doesn't say something happened. So Kong Bishu ben Karcha, Moshe received no punishment for his. Uh, um, Adamant not to receive the Abish's mission. Rabbi Shimon ben Yechoi Omer no Avzen Nemer Baroshim. Oh boy, was there a uh, um, repercussion or consequence here? Shenemar Hashem told him in Shemois Haloy Aaron Achicha Halev. Your brother Aaron the Levi is going to come greet you. What? Vali Koyin or Aaron's a Koyin? So Hachi Karma. You know. You know what? You know what Hashem meant. Ani Amarti. I wanted to say you're a Koyin and he's a Levi. But Achshav, now you are punished. Who coin va'atolev? You're no longer a coin. So according to Shimon Bar Yechai, Moshe was stripped of his kohuna. Yes, yes. The Chachomim say Moshe was taka coin, but only for a week. Loin is kain Moshe el shivis yimei ameluim belvad. Moshe was a coin. The seven practice days from the 23rd of Adar until Rishchidosh Nissen, in the first year after they left Mitzrayim, there were seven practice days when Moshe served as the Koyan 
of all this carbonus and Aaron and his kids were like the owners of the carbonus. That was practice until the eighth day, which is Rishchidosh Nisim, when Aaron takes the mantle. During those seven days, Moshe was a kain, and that's it. There is a Medrash Rabbah that says, you know why Moshe was only a kain seven days? Because how many days did he stand by the snare and refuse Hashem's shlichus? Seven days. So Hashem said, okay, you know, you messed me over with the seven, you're going to hear more about the seven as a punishment. That, uh, no, no, the fact that it was stripped from him after seven days. It sounds funny, it's almost like if Moshe would have, you know, would have held him by the snare for a month, making him crazy, he would have been a coin for 30 days, right? I know it sounds, but that's what the Medrash says. The Yeshayim, another opinion of Tanoim, the Brisa continues, Moshe was always a Kayan. Loi Paska Kuhuna Ella Mizada Shal Moshe. Kuhuna left Moshe's kids, not Moshe himself. Shanamar, or Moshe Isha Alikim, Bonav Yikaru Al Shevet Halevi's children will be um, uh, subscribed to Shevet Levi, but Moshe himself sounds like he was a Kayan. And it says Moshe and Aaron Bechayanov. Moshe was a Kayan. So there's three opinions. Um, we don't know exactly what he holds. He just says Moshe was never punished by the burning bush. Okay. But we see Chachamim hold he was a Kayan. One? That he was a Kayan because he wasn't punished. Right, okay. But the Chachamim said he was a Kayan for seven days. The Yesh Omim, Moshe was always a Kayan. Fine. So here's an interesting thing. If Moshe was a Kayan, now what's the idea of being a Kayan Gadol? There. Um, According to many, Moshe was allowed to enter the Kodesh Kadoshim whenever he wanted to, in contrast to Aaron. Only once a year. Even by Aaron, there's a debate if Aaron could only come in once a year, or if Aaron could come in whenever he wants, as long as he brings the Karbonis and Pashas Achremis. The well known shit of the Vilna Gon, and he has all these psukim he derives it from that the once a year was only in future generations. For Aaron himself, oh. as long as he brings those karbonas. Because only at the, at the end of, after, in Achremis, after it mentions all, this, all the details of Aaron's service, it mentions idea of Yom Kippur. The Vulnagon says, because that's for future generations. For Aaron himself, whenever he brought those karbonas, he could come in. But that's for Aaron. Moshe was a step higher. He could Bechlal just come in. Anyhow, so Moshe was perhaps a Kayan Gadol, perhaps a Kayan, or perhaps only for seven days, and otherwise he was completely stripped. If Moshe was a Kayan, which you see many opinions hold, in fact, you see in before, the Gemara in the beginning was really pushing, he was a Kayan, I, the bride says he couldn't see Tsaras, Tsaras is an exception, I, the other one about, he was only called a king, he was also a king, you see the Gemara is pushing that Moshe was a Kayan. So how in the world is he handling Yosef's coffin? So there's another big shaila about Moshe being a Kayan, and this is asked by many Rishonim, and that is Moshe and Sipira. Moshe marries Sipira. Moshe mm. then divorces Sipira. How do we know? Because in Parashas Yisra, it says Yisra brings back Sipira after she was sent. In the Mechilta, some Tanoim learned the word Shiluchel means a divorce. Because in Pashas say when the Torah speaks about divorce, it says the word Shiluch. Shiluch means divorce, Lechaira. So if Moshe divorced her and Yisrael brings her back and Moshe is remarrying her. Moshe remarried? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. And everyone thought they were together. Just 
No one knew about it for a year. Until Sephora Gilaizer. That was his own personal thing. So I don't understand. But he divorced and all no, he did. No, 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 no. We don't divorce. For a whole year, when Moshe got the 72, the 70 Nunavim, and Sipira said, Ach, never for those people, what's going to be with their wives? And Miriam's like, What? And Sephora's like, yeah, for the last year, because that was a year that was a year after Matan Turf. The last year, Moshe, you know, wasn't touching sure. her. But uh, no one knew about it. Yeah, because yeah, but the Gemara said it was Moshe's idea. It was Moshe's idea. Okay. We, had, we had once had a shear about oh. Kairach shear. We had a Kairach shear. Okay. Yeah, but but whose idea? How she took her back. We had a whole shear that, uh, you know, Toy the Toysus famously explains that because Miriam and Aaron, Miriam and Aaron harassed Moshe for the fact that he separated from Sephora. Right? Once they found out about it, they harassed Moshe. What do you mean? Hashem told him, You stand with me. So Rabbeinu Tam says, Miriam and Aaron said, Yeah, Hashem told him to do it. Because he wanted to. But why did he want to? Right? And that was the whole thing. Anyway, what? So when he divorced her, when he really sent her? No, no, uh, uh, there was, on his way to Mitzrayim, L'chatchila, he meets Aaron. Aaron says, who's this? My so wife and kids. Aaron says, send them away. Don't bring them. There's enough people. So he divorced her then. This is divorce. L'chair, right. that, yeah, that's the only time. And when he took and then Yisrael, whenever Yisrael came, he brought her back. The when Yisrael came to the desert, he brought her back. What well, we're going to see, it's very important when he came back. We'll so see in a moment. So he but he, br- he, brought her ba- he brought her back. He brought her back. Moshe remarries. But still, he wasn't with her. Even Miriam didn't know for a whole year. Even if he took her back, when he brought her, never relationship. Well, it depends. If Yisrael came before Matan Torah, it could be for a few days they were together. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Affliction was about this as well. That was because they spoke against Moshe Rabbeinu. The Pirish, Pirish, yeah, yeah, Pirish, Pirish, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go. So this is a big Shiloh. If Mo- if Moshe was a Kayan, how could he remarry? He remarried her. Yeah. Ken, that's the Shiloh. He definitely remarried her, and he brought her into her tent and everything. It's, it's just he was Irish from her. That, but that was a private thing. on Matai. When did Yisrael come back? Okay, we're getting into answers Yaakov already. Okay, okay, so, okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. So let's say some answers. By the way, you should know, the same child is asked about Avram, just to throw it in. Rabbi Yosef Engel has Narich Avram Avinu. There's a major Shrabba that says Avram was a Koyan. It says when in Parshat Lech Lecha, after the war of the four kings and the five kings, when, uh, when Shem said, Baruch Avram, he first he benches Avram, and then he says, benches the Ebishter. It says in Medesh Rabbah, Hashem told Shem, Malkitzedek, who's Shem, you're benching Avram before you bench me? You're no longer a Koyan, Avram's a Koyan. So Avram became a Koyan. Avram married Hagar. He divorces Hagar. Where did it say he divorced? Well, we know he threw her out of the house. In the Targum, Yonason Ben Ozil, he says, Patra, he says he divorced her with the actual get. 
Avram in Parshas Chayesara marries a woman, Keturah. Who's Keturah? So, okay, the Ibn Ezra said it's a different woman. Rashi, though, learns Keturah is Hagar. So if you put all this together, if you go with the Medjush Rab, Avram Zakayin, and the Targum Yenison that he divorced um, Hagar, and Hagar is Keturah, how could Avram remarry his but divorcee? Maybe, maybe the deal so, is different if you, in the middle of your life, become a coin or you born a coin. Avram right, but became a Kayan before he ever, when he, the War of the Four and the Five Kings is 75 years old. It's before he, uh, well, before, before he married Hogger. I mean, Hogger was there. But Hogger came sure, with them already. Sure but he didn't marry her yet. He didn't marry her yet. What? He said, okay, okay, but Avram Shomar Kola Kula. And if Avram was a kohen, any I'm just saying, I'm just saying okay, that okay. the shayad is asked about Avram. It's okay. asked about Moshe. Oh, so what? What are some of the answers about how Moshe married his divorcee? And we'll see if they can apply over here. So Tosfos asked the question. Tosfos asked both of these questions, by the way, on Chumash. Tosfos wants to know about how he remarried his divorcee, and Tosfos wants to know how he was dealing with Yosef's body. T- different answers. He gives. Titus gives two answers for each question. Different Alba? answers. Alba? No, it's not on the paper. Titus says about how he married his divorcee. Titus gives one answer. Says Titus, when Moshe divorced Sipira, he made a condition. If we're ever going to get back together, the divorce is off. So when Yisroi brought her back. Yes, when Yisrael, if we ever get back together, then retroactively there's no divorce. Any, divorce? any coin could do that? What, what does that mean? It's, it's one of the conditions. You can make any a condition on a get. We discussed that Amram, Amram made the Ramemi panel learned that Amram and Yecheved made the same deal. When Amram divorced her, because of the Xer of Pari, all the kids have to be thrown into the Nile, Amram made a condition with her. And said, so if we get back together, the divorce is off. And that's why he was, Amram was able to remarry his own... I'm sorry, Even question. though she married someone in the interim. She married Elisafan ben Parnoch and she had Eldod Medot. married in this period of time before you take her back? So we discussed that, yeah, because at that time she thought she was an honor. She thought she was divorced. Yeah, yeah. She's, a, she's she, as far as but she knows, she's divorced. Not after she, if, you, if God forbid somebody invests his wife... And if she gets married, you can't take her back never, even a regular person. That's, yeah, but if it turns out that she was never divorced, so what's the problem? It's a different because problem of the that she was Mazana. That if it turns out there was no divorce, then she was Mazana. Okay. But if she was Anusa or Shageges, then it's okay. She now, there's lots of. Or if she yeah. assumed, yeah, no, no, she, yeah, yeah. So, first of all, it could be the condition was made in front of witnesses beforehand, the Maidor. Even if she was told about the condition, she is, if she assumes she's never going to go back, it could be enough to consider her an Anusa. And we spoke about David and Michal, a similar thing. Anyhow, but let, let, let's not get too much off topic. So, what? Oh, well, that's exactly. Oh, so that's the word that Moshe divorced her on condition that if we ever get back together, then the divorce will be cancelled retroactive. Tzipira never married someone in the interim. That, the issue here is only because Moshe is a Kayan. Moshe was marrying his own divorcee. For a regular person, that's fine, because she didn't get married to someone in the meantime. The problem is, is a Kayan. Answers as Tesis, once Yisrael brought her back, it nullified the, the divorce retroactively. Mm-hmm. That's one answer. That won't help us over here about uh, Asmus Yosef. 
by the Chassam Soifer. The Chassam Soifer. Oh, hold on, hold on. He gives another answer over there about the divorce, and he says it was before Matam Torah. According to the Machloekim of Masech Tzvach, and when Yisroi came back, did Yisroi in Parshas Yisroi when Yisroi came with Sipira and the kids was that before Matan Torah or after? Well, assuming it was before Matan Torah, then it's okay. Why? Why? What does it help us? It's before Matan Torah. Didn't Moshe keep the Torah? He says no. Moshe wasn't a Kayan yet. Says Tosfos, Moshe was not appointed as a Kayan until after the Torah was given. What's the chap? The chaps like this. Avram Avinu is not going to eat treif because this very item one day is going to be usher, right? Or Yankiv shouldn't have married two sisters yeah. if this thing itself is going to be usher, right? If Moshe was already a koyin, right? If he was, then you could say, since this very action of remarrying Sepera one day will be usher, then he shouldn't do it now. But Moshe wasn't yet a koyin. So it doesn't make sense to say that one day it'll be usher. But one day it'll be usher because then I'll be a Kayan, but I'm not a Kayan now. That's the Chap of Tosis. Makes sense? Yeah. It's a big difference between. You can't say he should. Well, one day, you know, in the future it's going to be usher. That's because in the future I'm going to become a Kayan. I'll be a different person. The way I am now in the future is still going to be okay. Yeah, not a That's the That's Chap. The, the way I am now in the future will be okay too. That's what Tosis says. Since it's before Madan Torah, the Ain Loin is Kayan. He didn't become a Kayan. Oh, so that answer we can extrapolate and say here. When did Moshe take the bones of Yosef? They're leaving Mitzrayim, right? They're leaving Egypt, he takes the bones. Then, so at that point, at that point, Moshe's not yet a Kayan. So what are you going to ask? Moshe should have kept the Torah, and since he's a Kayan, he, he knows one day will be forbidden. He's not yet a Kayan. That exact answer will work here. But it'll only work until, that until, until the Torah is given. Where was Yosef's bones kept throughout the 40 years? So I just want to show you something for a second. Look at number four. This is a comment of the Teisvis Shantz in Saita. Teisvis Shantz was one of the early Baalei Teisvis. Uh, Reb Shimshin ben Avram, they used to call him Shimshin Hagiber. He lived in Shantz, it's in northeast France. And one of the early Baalei Teisvis. And he says like this, it's strange, just look at number four. The Gemara there says, uh, The Gemara says that when the Yidin would travel in the desert, the Oren of the Shechina and the Oren of Yosef were almost next to each other. Because because the, the, the Levim traveled in the middle of the camp, right? That's where Moshe was. That's where the coffin of Yosef was. It was right next to the Machina Shechina where the Oren was. And people would ask, why is the human coffin next to the Oren? And the Gemara says, what would the Yidin say? Yeah, exactly. That Yosef lived the life of the, of the, of the Oren. Which means he's not a... Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> says, Tosis Shant, B'medrash yesh, Shesomu atzomas Yosef, B'soich Urshel Keves. They put Yosef's bones into um, the skin of a lamb. It sounds like they had the shell of a lamb, the skin of the lamb. Nothing inside of it. And they put Yosef's bones inside. And then the skin became alive. This lamb, right, it was a, li- it was a living lamb. What was inside? There was no lamb chops inside. It was whatever remained from Yosef's body was inside that. 
Vahainu Dechsev, it says, until him, Noyekatsoin Yosef, the Abishta leads Yosef like a sheep. Literally, Yosef was walking, Yosef was moving. A fascinating thing. So that means L'Chayr and Moshe wasn't carrying it. It was going on its own. Ah, that means Drew, while they traveled, Moshe didn't touch it. It went on its own. Look at the Chizkuni in number five. It's alive. It's alive. There's definitely no question of Tommy. No, he wasn't alive. The the lamb was alive. alive. The lamb was alive. (laughs) The skin was alive. Something's moving there. Something's moving. Look at number five. This is an interesting Chizkuni. Mamash at the end, end of Vayachi. Uh, the end of Vayachi speaks about Yankov passing away and the fact that his Enochlech are going to carry him. I'm sorry, his children. His children will carry him, not his Enochlech. Why not his Enochlech? Because Rashi there says, well, the Enochlech, their mothers were Kanani women. Yankov didn't want them to, the Enochlech touching his body. Says the Chizkuni, Pirish Rashi, Rashi says in Vayachi, that Yankov didn't want Levi to carry either. Levi, Loy, Levi shouldn't carry the coffin of, of Yankov. Yankov, why, why? Says Rashi, because one day Levi's going to be carrying the Oren. They're going to be carrying the Oren. So Frechtich is kuni. The Ein Lahakshit, wait a second. If Shevet Levi can't carry, can't carry Yaakov, so then Ech Nosa Moshe, Arona Shal Yosef. How did Moshe carry the Oren of Yosef? Once because. So the Rebbe, there's a long sikh about this, but let's just see what the Chizkuni answers. Sharyu Nasas Atzmoy, Moshe didn't carry nothing. The coffin carried itself. Kedachsev Noye Katzon Yosef, the same pasuk. The Eibush to led him like a sheep. V'loy Shemoshe Nasa, Moshe did not carry it. So you see the Chizkuni. Same idea. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, but the point is that Moshe didn't carry it. Now here's the thing. That's when the Yid, so when the Yidin traveled, this thing was moving on its own. But when they camped, where was it when they camped? It was in the fields or it was in Moshe's tent? The Chayr was in Moshe's tent. Moshe's going to leave him in the field. The Chayr was in Moshe's tent. If it was in Moshe's tent, you have the problem of oil. It's in the same tent, a dead body in the oil. So this may get us out of the issue of Moshe touching it. But the Chayr, when they camped that night... Not just at night. Most of the time, they, 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 they were in places for years, right? 19 years in Kaddish. For the 19 years they were in Kaddish, where was... Right outside his tent. Moshe didn't sleep, he's saying. Bechal didn't sleep, so he, uh, he was shamer. Anyhow, so this is... Uh, so, so far, how many answers do we have? We have... Uh, a half an answer is all we have. We were taking Toysus' answer that he gave about Moshe remarrying Sepira, that since... Before the Torah was given, Moshe wasn't a coin yet, so there's no problem. So that explains how Moshe took Yosef out of Mitzrayim. It doesn't explain the 40 years. For the 40 years, if you go with the Chizkuni and Tosef Shans, maybe you'll say he never had to touch it. It moved on its own. But what about the fact that L'Chayr at night... I can, why, put it, why you have to put him inside his tent? Where did he leave it? Outside? His own tent. His, his Yosef's tent. Oh, oh, oh. Without a Shomer? Without a Shomer? He's not buried yet. He's not buried. Also, if it's in a body of a lamb, you've got to make sure the lamb doesn't run away, right? You know? <laughs> I, I don't know. I always imagined it was in Moshe's tent. Not such a strong shot. I agree with that. That what? Where did he leave it? Outside. It's near. Uh, it's not like, uh, it's, it's, it's old machane. The old machane is there. Who built the tent outside? Who put it in the tent outside? Who put it in the tent? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. Fine. Okay, good. I thought we had seven answers. Now we have another answer. Okay, so let, let's just quickly see what some of the... So... There was a fellow called Rabdavid Posner. 
We don't know much about him. I don't know much about him. He's called David Ben Naftali Hertz Posner, and he put out a sefer a long time ago, not recent times. The sefer that he has, Yalkut David, was printed before the Baal Shem Tov was born. It was printed seven years before the Baal Shem Tov was born. So you're talking 350 years ago, a while back. And uh, he says like this, he says, he wrote a sefer, Yalkut David on Chumash. It's actually, they reprinted it, it's beautiful, it's very cute. It's a collection of interesting things. It's almost like, a, if you look at it, you think it was written yesterday by a guy in Eretz Yisrael. But he's only quoting people from hundreds of years ago, right? There's no one in the last 350 years ago mentioned there. But it's Mamish, cute tidbits on the parasha, cute tiny little vertelach, uh, very interesting. And there he deals with the issue of how Moshe, he asks, so what's talking to deal Moshe remarrying Tzipira? So he says, Didn't, did you forget the Gemara number two? The Gemara says in number two that even if Moshe is a Kayan, he can't paskin on Saras. Because by Saras, the Torah says, Aaron or Bonov, Aaron or Aaron's kids. That's what the Gemara says. So says the Yalkut David, ah, oh, you know what it says about Kayanim not marrying a divorcee? Emer, Bnei Aaron. It's only Bnei Aaron. It's only Bnei Aaron. Moshe was a Kayan. Doesn't apply to him. Guess what? The Easter of becoming Tomei to dead bodies also was only said So in other words, if Moshe was a Kayan, it means he can go into the Kayish Kadashim. He can, he's not a Zor. But all of those prohibitions don't apply to him. All the restrictions basically say don't apply to him. Aaron and his sons. Almost everything. Exactly. So he's, he's a special, he got only the privilege. Yeah, only, only the, privilege. the privilege. Exactly, the exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a coin. So, uh, so, so look at number three for a second. This really takes us to another yeah, interesting suit here. There's no restrictions for a coin. Hold the wait, wait, wait. At Yudua Sipur, there was a Yid who was a coin who was uh, who was a... Uh, he was off the derech and he wanted to marry um, uh, Giyaris. And his Rabbonim tried to speak to him and he wasn't listening. So they sent him to the Rebbe. He went to this years ago. He went to the Rebbe and uh, he thought the Rebbe would give him a chilek, you know. And the Rebbe told him these words. The Rebbe said that on the street they say that I'm a scholar. They say, they say that I learned. The Rebbe said, but as much as I would learn, I'll never become a Kayan. And the Rebbe spoke to him that as much as the Rebbe would work, you know, unless maybe you kill someone like Pinchas, you become a Kayan. But as much as the Rebbe would work, the Rebbe said, as much as I would try, I would never become a Kayan. And the Rebbe spoke about how, how wondrous it is to be a Kayan and it's something that people want and can never aspire to. And the Rebbe said, eh, and you have it. You have it. You were born into it. And that's all the Rebbe spoke about. And the guy left, and he's talking, he couldn't get it off his mind. Me not marrying a Giyaris is not a restriction. I'm a Kayan. And he ended up calling it off and everything, you know? So it's a... And if I go upon him, look at number three. Wow. Number three is a Toysus in Kiddushin Davches. This is a, a well-known halachic issue. You have a firstborn, you need a redeem. Can you give it to a daughter of a Kayan? Can you give the five silver pieces to a Bas Kayan? To a Koyhenes. To a Koyhenes, yeah. So the Gemara there says like this, number three. It's a Gemara in Kedush and Davches. Ravkana shokel sudru b'pidyan aben. Ravkana, his name was Kana, sounds like he was a Koyen. He would take a handkerchief at a pidyan aben. A little handkerchief. 
And the Gemara says, a handkerchief is that's, that's not enough. The Gemara says, no, Rav Kana said, for me, a handkerchief is worth five silver pieces. You know, maybe had a silk. runny nose or silk or whatever. It's a fancy uh, blend. Listen, the Gemara says, Rav Nachman was a big fan of sneezing. You know, sneeze was a big, uh, you know, so maybe he had a similar, I don't know. Anyway, or maybe it was silk or fine. But says Toysvus, you know, the Gemara there is discussing the idea that even something cheap, to certain people, the value can, can be more. Mash mahoch, it's mashm here that Rav Kana was a Kayan, right? He's taking, uh, he's redeeming people's firstborns. Last name, Kohn. Oh. Yeah, with a name like Kana. Vitaim, a frek teisus, but in Psachim it says different. In the end of Perk Elo, even Psachim daf memtes, mashm he was not a Kayan. Because Rabbi Yochanan says in Psachim, a Kayan's daughter should not marry a Yisrael. It's marrying out. The daughter of a Kayan should marry a Kayan. Not a Yisrael. Not a Yisrael. He says it's my, and, and he says the words. He says, Ein zivugam He says, it's not going to work out well. <coughs> Rabbi Yechonon says, the daughter of a Kayan marries a Yisrael. It's not going to work out well. And not just, and the Gemara there says, Rav Kana said, listen, if I wouldn't have married a Kahanis, I wouldn't have been exiled. Rav Khan, in the end of Baba Kama, there's a story Rav Khan uh, was exiled from Bovel territory. So he killed someone. You would like him. He killed a Meiser in Bovel, someone who was threatening. Rav Khan killed him. And Rav Khan's teacher, Rav, says, Your authority is going to be after you. Better run to Israel. And he ran to Israel and he was there with Rav Yechen and a whole interesting story. But the Gemara Psachim, Rav Khan says, You know why I suffered that fate that I had to exile? Because I married the daughter of a Kayan. And I'm not a Kayan. Which what was the connection? Why did he get the because Rabbi Yochanan said if the daughter of a Kayan marries a non-Kayan, it's not going to work out oh, well. So Rav Kana says, yeah, I can tell you. Misfortune. Right, right. So Rav Kana says, yeah, I had to run away, you know, maybe from his, I don't know, he was separated from his wife maybe, because I married the daughter of a Kayan, which means he is not a Kayan. Which, by the way, means when Rabbi Yochanan said you can't marry out, it means even if you're going to marry the greatest Talmud Chacham, because the Gemara Rav Kana was one of the greatest scholars of his day. And it still didn't work out well. You see, it's marrying out. The question of Toysus is, that means Rav Kana is not a Kayan. So Vyesh Leimar, there's two Rav Kanas. There's two Rav Kanas, it's not a problem. Inami, answer number two, Yesh Leimar, Rav Kana is taken not a Kayan. So how was he taking Pidyan Abend? Because of his wife was a Kohenis. He took it on behalf of his wife. He took it for his wife, as we say in Perak Azroi and Chulan, Rav Kana Ochal Bishvil Ishtoi. Which also makes sense why a handkerchief is good. A nice self-handkerchief. Yeah, exactly, he's taking it for her, for her, for her, scarf, exactly. The Gemara in Chulun has a whole discussion. There are certain gifts you give to a Koyan which are not holy. Reishis Hagei is the beginning of the, of the shearings. Or when you shecht an animal, the zroya, the, the arm and the cheekbones and the stomach. These are just monetary gifts you give to a Koyan. You, you can give them to a Koyan. And the halach is you can give them to a daughter of a Koyan too. Even if she's married... To a Yisrael. And he can eat it too. Because it's not Kaddish. It's not, it's not, it's not Kaddish. Toysus extrapolates, then that means that also by Pidyan Aben. You can give to a Kohenis. Not just that. Even if she's married to a Yisrael. Not just that. You can give it to her husband. Now I will tell you that the Rambam and the Rosh disagree with Toysus. The Chsam Seifer says that he didn't, you know, he, he writes, I don't want to get involved in the debates. I don't want to paskin. 
But the Chum Sofer says when he used to shech the animals, he would give the gifts to his brother-in-law mm-hmm. who was married to a Kayan. But he says, by pity not Ben, I don't want to get involved in the debate. But according to Tois, it's an interesting thing. A woman who's a Kahanis who's married to a, to a Yisrael, she can still take pity Ben. She's not eating truma. No. But she's a, she's a Kahanis. Which means, so you see, according to this halacha, it's an interesting thing that, uh, you know, you can be a part koyan. You can be a part koyan for some things, yes, some things not. Anyhow, so Akaponim, Reb David Posner says, that's Moshe Rabbeinu. He was a koyan for some things, some things not. None of the prohibitions. He could remarry his divorcee. He could become Tomei to, to, dead, to, uh, to Yosef, etc. Okay, so that's an answer. That's an answer. What are some of the other answers? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Chidah has a say for the Pnei David. And in it, on Parshish B'Shalach, he has a long piece, a long piece, all about this. How Moshe could have dealt with Yosef's Oren if Moshe Rabbeinu is a Kayan. Assuming he's a Kayan, how could he have done this? And he quotes from... Toysfus from the Sefer Imre Noyam. There's a Sefer, well, there's many commentaries of Toysfus and Chumash. One is called the Imre Noyam. And they give two answers. Answer number one says Toysfus, you know how Moshe Rabbein is dealing with Yosef's cousin? Yosef? He's a tzaddik? There's no tumor? <laughs> now, we had a long shir about this uh, over two years ago. Went through many opinions that. Uh, and not to go over the whole thing again, but the Gemara says in Ksuvis, when Rabbi Yehuda Nasi passed away, on that day, Botla Kedusha, or Botla Kahuna, there's different versions. And what does that mean? But it means that the Koinim were allowed to become Tomei to Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi on the day that he died. Tois is their quotes from Rabbi Chaim Koyin, a student of Rabbi Tam, who said, had I been in, uh, in uh, where Rabbi Tam passed away, I would have become Tomei to him. The Shaila is, what did he mean? What does Rabbi Chaim Koyin mean? And why Taka were the Koyinim able to become Tomei to Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi? So there were two views. There's the view of the Paiskim and then the view of the, yeah, the Kabbalists, the, you know, the, the mystics. The Paiskim say there's a halacha called that when a Nasi dies, everyone's his relative. Everyone's his relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would work for Koyanim, not for Koyan Godel. Koyan Godel can't uh, become Tommy to a relative. That's nice, Jim. You watch So Koyanim. So Koyanim were able to become Tommy to Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi because when a Nasi dies, everyone's his relative. A Kayan becomes Tommy to his relative. Not a Kayan Gadol, though. Not a Kayan Gadol. Kayan, yeah, Kayan Gadol, not. And in fact, right. because the, the, the Beis Yosef, the Bach, they understand the Pshat and Rabbi Yehuda Nasi that way, they all ask Rabbi Chaim Kayan what gives him the right to Paskin that Rabbi Tam had this halachic status of the Nasi of the generation to the point that the Kayanim can all be considered his relative. I mean, Atal was a very great man, but he wasn't the central idea. You know, I mean, during his life, you had the Rambam, the Ibn Ezra, you had, you, had, you had so many big people everywhere, right? Night. So how are you going to... The last night that I was, the 
Right, yeah, yeah. He first was a Nasi of not the whole world. Right. And then he became a Nasi of the world. It's interesting. The Rebbe also said there right. could be one or two. speaking about himself, but it's, it's incredible. The said, that's Russia. the first time I heard. There could be what? one or when two came Nasi out of Russia. in that At some point, first he was, the Rebbe says, first become a Balkan. Same generation, yeah, the Friedrich Rebbe. Right. And then you continue. Anyhow. And the Nasi of the quality of so, if you understand Reb Chaim Koyen like uh, Reb Yosef Kaira and the Bach, that he was Pashmir Ben Atam at the Din of Anasi, and all Koyenim were his relatives and therefore could become Tomei on the day of his passing, well, there's not just a Shaila, then how, uh, when any big Rav passes away, oh, all Koyenim can say he's the Nasi. But now, how do you know where to say that? Can, can, but we are Nasi, can. But the Shaz, how could you extrapolate? Oh. So come many others who say that's Bechal no Pshat and Reb Chaim Koyin. The Pshat is Reb Yehuda Anasi was so holy, his body didn't give off any tumor. And neither did Rabbeinu Tam. And uh, this is what Toysra says in the Imre Noyam. Yosef didn't give off any tumor. No tumor! Simple answer. Simple answer. Yeah, very simple. There's a Gemara in Sukkot, Dav Chofhei, the story of the Pesach Sheni. In Baal Who were those people that said to Moshe Nebuch, we're talking, we can't bring the carbon? The Gemara brings a bride. of three opinions. One opinion is, it was those that were busy carrying Yosef's coffin. Now, Bechal of the Shah, what do you mean those? I thought it was Moshe. Rashi said in number one, it was Moshe Levadei. Who's it talking about? So Rashi says it was Moshe alone was Nisasek Lahaloisam. Take it out of Egypt. It could be what Rashi means, Moshe took them out of Egypt when he wasn't yet a Kayan. Matan Torah, he becomes a Kayan. He doesn't touch it anymore. He doesn't touch it. And that's why the Shailah that Rashi deals with in number one is, it was Faket, it was the Yidin that took care of him for 40 years. The Shailah is, but who took him out of Egypt? It was Moshe, yet in Sefer Yeshua, it says the Yidin took him out of Egypt. So for that we say, whoever finishes gets the credit. But Rashi says, Moshe Levado involved in lifting them up. Anyway, but it could be after Matan Torah. Uh-uh. But I'm saying the fact that the Gemara says that it was a group of people means that, uh, what do you mean group of people? I thought it was only Moshe. Maybe they switched. When Moshe got the Torah, Moshe's like, I'm a Kohen, I can't do this. Hitaka switched. That's an innovation. That's an interesting thing. And Rashi's diuk, with Medayik and Rashi's words, Levadoy alone in the lifting that up. Otherwise, he gave it over. And that's why there were a group of people that took <coughs> over the issue. But also, Lalo, but the only thing is... At- and bring them. It doesn't mean he touched them. Mm-hmm. Okay, 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 a, okay. No, no. So who took, who took it out of the river, though? Unle- no, unless you go like the Chizkuni in number five, that it always moved by itself. Yeah, you know, he put the Shem Mephorash. It started bubbling. There was no Shem Mephorash. Sarah said he's here, and he said, don't Hold up the It started bubbling and then it came up. Then it came up. But who did Moshe actually take it out? But the only things like this, if Moshe gave it over to the Yidin after they got the Torah and Moshe became a Kayan, they stayed in the same place for almost a year. When uh, the next year when they brought Pesach Sheni, ah, so they were in the same place. So who would have touched it? If Moshe was the only one who touched it until he brought it to, 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 to Mount Sinai where they camped, so unless you say Moshe had it in his tent. When Moshe got the Torah, he says, someone has to come take it out of my tent. And it was those people that took him out of the tent. I'm just guessing over here. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you, if you really... It, no, yeah, you have to really get to the details. Really get to the details. But the point is, the Gemara there says there was a group of people, which is an interesting thing. 
But the issue that the Chidor asks is, wait a second, that means they're Tomei. I thought Yosef doesn't give off Tomei. So Taka, there's other opinions of who passed. Some say he was... Oh, no, so there are other opinions in Masech, the Sukkah, of who it was. One opinion is that it was random people that became Tomei to a Mesa Mitzvah. The guy died, no one buried him. Another opinion, it was Mishol and Old Safan who took Nodav and Aviyu out of the Mishkan. So then, but then the Shah's, why did Nodav and Aviyu give off Tumah? The Avne Nezer has a letter. The Avne Nezer has a tshuva. Somebody asked him about this, and he told him, well, you never learned Tanya? He says in Tanya, and he starts to describe the different types of tzaddikim. The Avni Nezus, if I remember correctly, I haven't seen this for, for, uh, for a decade already, but he says, should have checked it up. I think he says that Nodav and Aviyah died, they, they weren't even 20. The Zoya says they were still young. Yeah. So they weren't yet complete tzaddikim. Mm-hmm. And therefore they gave off Tumah. And he says to the guy, yeah, you got to learn Tanya. He says, Avni Nezus. Anyhow, but it's a printed shuvah. But I'll call upon him. One opinion at least says that Yosef gave off Tumah. And, uh, but Toysav says that, you know, the Pshat over here with Moshe and Yosef, there was no Tumah. Okay, that's, Toysav gives another answer by us. And Toysav says by us, again, the Chidor is quoting from the Imre Noyam, that Toysav says, Moshe never touched Yosef's coffin. Moshe only arranged that other people should do it. Moshe oversaw the, the journey and the mission. He didn't get his hands dirty. That's what that's what uh, that's what he uh, proposes. Okay. So these are. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. Didn't touch it. Didn't touch, he threw in? Let's let's say he threw in. He could. Let's say he wrote down the Alisha. He threw it in, but they didn't touch the didn't touch the coffin. And as far as who hosted in the tent, somebody else hosted in the tent. Moshe oversaw where it should be, but it could be there was a shomer, it could be it was not in the field, it was in a tent. It wasn't Moshe's tent. It wasn't Moshe's tent. Okay, so so far we have uh, a couple answers. We have the fact that before Moshe, the Torah was given, Moshe Bechal wasn't a Kayan. That's what Tosha says about Moshe remarrying Tzipora. That helped us here as far as until the Torah was given. After it was given, we saw Moshe may never have touched it, like the Chizkuni says, Tosha's chance. What about, the, what about the, being in the tent? Yeah. Tumah. Four months oh, 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 we're going to get there. Okay, that's going to be, we're going to get there in just a moment. We gave uh, another answer from Reb David Posner. He was a Jew, but he wasn't really a Jew, wasn't he? Right, we're going to see what David Posner in the Yalkut David says, Moshe Rabbeinu was a Koyim, but not for anything where it says B'nai Aaron. So he can marry a divorcee, he can touch dead bodies. The Chidor quotes from Toysus in the Imre Noyim, two other answers. Hey, Yosef, Yosef, it's Sadiq, it's not Tumah. By the way, the Chidor goes on to discuss, really, do we halachically accept that? The Chidor does. The Chidor does, as is known, the Chidor in a number of places. But, 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 but many Paiskim didn't, so uh, we know that by, even by the Alter Rebbe, right? They made in such a way that the Koenim should be able to right, come close without having the issue. They did do it. Yeah. So you did. No, 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 no. They made sure that the koinim wouldn't have a halachic issue. They wouldn't be considered <coughs> under the same tent. Ah, to satisfy the opinions. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to say it's to satisfy all opinions. Yeah, but if it comes so, to the... It's also... <laughs> if they're doing it, they're not going to say themselves. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm a tzaddik. I'm, I'm, I'm free. No, 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 no. This was the, um, the Al-Tadeb's brother, I think. The Maharil who was involved in it. In taking care of it. In making sure that the Kayim should be able to come. How did they do that? 
Tell me. What did they leave there? I, I wasn't there, but apparently not to be under the same. That should be open. To do with the the rebels no are too. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's open. Open. It's open to the. So however, two months ago, no, if you're not under the in the same room, under the same canopy. Yeah, that's all different story. Around, around them, uh-huh. so they can't go. They have to stand on top of the mountain. Oh, really? You can't get. Yeah, uh-huh. But that's for a different reason. Same as the Rambam. There's yeah, people yeah. buried all around. The child is Mars Hamachpel. We'll get to in just a second. And the child is Kaver Rochel. And Yosef, if you ever go to, uh, right. I don't think it's encouraged to go visit Yosef, right? Not so safe. Anyhow, okay. Let's throw out a couple other answers. Reb Chaim Al Pandari. Reb Chaim Al Pandari. I mentioned him in the things. So I got to quote him. Reb Chaim Al Pandari, a sefer Eish Dos. He lived also a while back. He was in uh, Turkey, in uh, Istanbul, Kushta, Constantinople, Istanbul. He was born in about the year 1660. So going back a while. Later on, he became a Rav in Sfas. And he is a sefer in Chumash de Eish Dos. And in it, he proposes the following. Um, he believes that Yosef was... Uh, Oh, no, so he says the following. It was before Matan Torah, yeah? Moshe may have been a Kayan. So what, Moshe should be machmer on himself? Oh, but since in the future, Kayan can't touch a dead body, so I shouldn't do it now. Be machmer, you know what's going to happen? You're not going to be stuck in Egypt. Because we can't leave without Yosef. Moshe is the only one who can get Yosef out. By the Kabbalists say that Moshe and Yosef share the same soul. Noyach. Yosef and Moshe, right? The Choshes with the Shais and the Yenachem. Oh, there's a there's a there's a medrash that Arizal speaks about that Noach was given the name Yenachem. Yenachem. The Yud stands for Yosef. Nunches is Noach, and the Mem is Moshe. Moshe Yosef. We call it Naftara. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Yunachem is Yosef Noyach Moshe. They all shared the same soul. That's why Yosef didn't drink wine for many years to be masakin that Noyach got shikir and then look what happened. And then Moshe came and fixed up also where Noyach went wrong. But Moshe and Yosef, their souls are interconnected and that's why Moshe was the only one that could really save Yosef from Egypt. So says Chaim Al Pandari, you take Chumras upon yourself, but a Chumrat can't lead to a cooler, can't lead to a leniency. I'll give you for an example. Dr. An example. Avraham Avinu didn't get a bris mila till he was 99. Avraham Avinu kept the entire Torah years before then. Why didn't he give himself a bris? <clears throat> so the Reb in the Sikhs quotes an answer from the Shachala Torah and others. What do you mean? Avro, if Avram was halachically a ben noyach, so then that first and foremost he has to do the halachas of a guy. One of them is he can't inflict self-harm. You want to have a chumrah that since one day there'll be a mitzvah to give a bris, so I want to do that, but it can't come at the expense of what you have to do. So says Chaim al-Pandari, Moshe was given a command by God to take the Jews out of Egypt. Boy, was he given that command. There was no, no jokes about that. Moshe knew that Yosef made them swear. You have to, you have to keep a promise. Shavua for sure exists before Matan Torah. The Torah is full of it. Avram, Eliezer, is everywhere. So he said, even if Moshe was a Kayan, he can't start pulling off his own chumras. I can't do it on the expense of what needs to be done. So that's, but that would explain why he took Yosef out of Mitzrayim. The child during the 40 years, he could have given Yosef to somebody else. We'll still get to the issue about those 40 years. 
Right. There's also a mitzvah begadol. Yeah, no, but no, 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 no. First of all, once the Torah was given, it's really not a, a hider, it's a chiv. But at least for before Matan Torah, we'll have this answer. That even if he was a Kayan and he should have been Machmir, he can't be Machmir when it goes against your, uh, your uh, current obligations. That's the answer that he wants to give. Okay, what else do we have? We'll throw out two more. Okay, some want to suggest Yosef was a mace mitzvah. Since nobody else could get to Yosef, Yosef was a mace mitzvah. Right? And even a Koyen Godel, even a Koyen Godel, right, even a Koyen Godel could become Tomei for a Mace Mitzvah. All right, but then the Shail is, he's a Mace Mitzvah until when? Until he's buried, right? Until you're buried. He wasn't buried 40 years, but the Shail is, okay, but once the Yid not traveling, someone else could do it. It was, again, it would only help us in the beginning. It would only help us in the beginning. When Moshe had to take him out of the water. What? You find them and you bring them. Do you have to give them over to someone else, or do you do the whole thing to the end? Okay. No, the egg larufa is something that uh, when you find someone that was killed, yeah. you know, someone was killed, so you bury him, and then you deal with the calf. But who deals with it to the end to take the guy to bury him? The koyan himself, or he gives it over? Whoever finds him, whoever finds him. So the koyan continues to do the... There's dinim, you call out, scream out, come, help, you bury the guy right away. There's a story, there's a story of the Yashami that Rabbi Kiva says, I once found a dead body, and I picked him up, right, and I schlepped him to a cemetery. I wanted to honor the mace, I schlepped him to a... Now, the nearby cemetery was still a travel. And he came back, what? Right, he came back and he told his teacher, Rabbi Yeshua, I think, that, you know what I did? I found a dead body. Yeshua said, he, 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 he is very harsh words or something, what? Right, it was like maybe you spilled blood or something. You should have buried him right where he was. That's how a mitzvah works. So this would explain why Moshe took him out of the water. But after that, Especially once the Torah is given during the 40 years. No, but someone else could do it. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You bury him when you find the Mace Mitzvah. If it's a Koyan, the way it works. The Koyan calls out. If there's nobody there, you bury him right there. But if you're not burying him right there, anyways. He couldn't. He had to bury him in Israel. Because that was Yosef's dying wish. So it was a Mace Mitzvah all the way until then. I don't know. It's a little. Even when a Koyan starts doing it, if people start, right, if people start coming in the middle, the Koyan, the Koyan stops and says, you know what, let somebody else do it. That's what I was asking. Does he do it to the end? Or yeah, I think the Rambam says you have to... Oh, that's what you're asking. Yeah, the Koyan, if people come in the middle, you take over, yeah. Now, it happens to be the Rambam and the Ravid have a debate. The Rambam holds that even once a Koyan's Tomei, every time he continues, he's adding, you know, he's violating further and further. The Ravid holds... All right, I hear, I hear, I hear. All right, okay, you could, you know, you'll push. Right, it's, it's hard to imagine that if so many people could do it. Anyhow, but that's. His kids could have done it. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. There were, there were people. The Rambam also holds that you have to be very careful, even a claim bearing, let's say, your father, which a measurement. So you got to get out of the cemetery right away. Right, because because the the Rambam, right, right. The Rivet though holds, the Rivet holds that once, once a coin's Tomei, once a coin's already Tomei to a dead body, if he continues to do it, he won't get Malchus anymore. Now, does that mean there's, oh, right, does that mean that you only don't get Malchus or there's no prohibition at all? That's a big debate. I think we discussed it once. There's a Mishnah Lamelech. That's been a big question for hundreds of years. What exactly is the Ravid's take on it? The Ravid definitely is more lenient than the Rambam. The Shail is how lenient is he? Anyway, so that's another answer they throw out. Mace Mitzvah. I don't know. I don't know. 
Some want to say, listen, Yosef was the Nasi. Even if Reb Chaim Koyin meant, I would come to Rabbeinu Tam because he was the Nasi, right? Right? So Yosef was the Nasi. Yosef was the Nasi. Yosef was the king. And the question well, is, the question is, yeah, but wait, wait, wait. That won't help for Koyin Gadol. Those that say that the Pshat in Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, a Koyin could become Tomei to him because he's a Nasi, is because a Nasi is your relative. Who, which Koyin could become Tomei to their relative? A regular Koyin, not a Koyin Gadol. If Moshe is a Koyin Gadol, we won't be able to use that answer. It's not going to help to say Yosef was a Nasi. Anyhow, but we come to the following answer, number six. This is to Taisus and Baba Basra. The Gemara there says, He was traveling around, pointing out where there were graves in Eretz Yisrael. It's like when Arizal came to Eretz Yisrael and he walked, he said, here is buried this person. Arizal revealed many of the Kvarim. So Rabbano, he was Metzayin Ma'arta. He would walk around pointing out where people were buried. Now, why did he do this? The simple reason is that people should, the Kainim should know where to avoid. But he came to the Ma'ar Samach in Chevron. And he walked inside. The Gemara discusses to get the exact measurements of the caves. And then he was going to go on top and mark. Mamish, mark it out. And the Gemara discusses that he went into the, the, the different caves and uh, he met Eliezer there. Says Taiz Mishum to Kasavar, he holds. Um, so there's a printing mistake in this Taiz. But Stoim Tuma Bekas Va'ila, Kedoma Bekama Duchti. That if there's. Um, Maybe if there's no space between the dead body and the, 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 the roof on top of the dead body, then the tumor will pierce all the way to the sky. And therefore, Koenim walking on top of the Mar Samachpela, which is that particular story, would become Tommy. Vim Toimer, Frek Toysis, Vahain Kivrei Oivdekechavim Metamim Ba'il. Wait a second. A Goy's caver does not give off tumor of the oil to be in the same canopy. Mishum de'ain kruyan adam, right? It says in Pashas Chukas, if an adam passes away, then it's tomei not just by touching or by carrying, but even being in the same oil. But it says adam. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai holds adam only refers to yidin, not goyim, and therefore goyim don't give off tumor in the oil. So frectosis, if you hold like Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai, then goyim don't give off tumor of the oil. So the Ovis Mar Samach Pela from before Matan Torah, they should have that din that there's no Tumah. Not because they're so holy, but because they should be treated like Oif De Kechavim. Well, Mama should flip. Wait, 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 wait. But the problem is that's Rab Shimon Bayachai. But I feel the Rabbon on the rabbis who argue on Rab Shimon. Now the rabbis argue on Rab Shimon. The army and they say, they say everyone's an Adam. Rabbi Shim Bayechai found the posuk in Yechezko that says Yidin are Adam, but the Chachom disagree and say no. Metamimba, the Chachomim hold Goyim are Metamimba oil just like a Jew. Now, by the who do we paskin like? Yeah, we do not it's well known. The Rambam holds like Rabbi Shim Bayechai. Toysis himself holds like the Chachom. Toysis holds, yeah, yeah, Toysis holds that a Goyim are Metamimba tent. The Rambam holds not. And both opinions are brought in Halacha. But says, says, wait a second, wait, wait, wait. Even the Chacham who hold that a Goy gives off Tum in the tent, that's only a Goy that died after Matan Torah. But Mikol Mokim, but a Kever Shalifne Adibu, if it's a Kever from before God spoke, from before Matan Torah, Loi Marbelob Nazir, Elo Le'inyan Negiyah. We added to Masech the Nazir, 
only for touching, it says, Oy bekever, or in a kever. Lerabah is to include a kever shelifnei adibur. The Pasuk in Chukah says, Oy bekever, you touch a dead body. And the Gemara says in Nazar, it's adding even a kever from before Matan Torah. Um mikra, the cause of Gabinagiyam, It's from a Pasuk that speaks about touching the dead body we, we're proving from. Which means, says Taisus, even Chachobim who hold a guy dies today, gives off tum in the oil, it will not apply to someone from before Matan Torah. Because the Gemara Nazar says, such a kever, you know, we had to include it from a special pasuk, and that pasuk is only talking about touching. Only oil, but not... Oh, right, right. Touch, touching is the problem. Right, touching is the problem. Touching the body or touching the order? Okay, that's a good question. The, the order in itself might be matama. But definitely, if you're just walking on top of it, for our discussion... Why? Why do you say by... Yes, he was holding. The oh, ho, 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 oh, hold on. So let's. Oh, ho, ho, ho. So Tosis wants to know what's Rabbanah doing in the Mara Samachpela. What does he care about Kainim walking on top? Lachayra, these the, the others won't be give off too many. How? Yeah, it's like a misnag dishashah. The Chosid would ask, "What's he doing, Mara Samachpela? The others they died benashika. They bishe kissed them. Right, the Ramban." And Rabbeinu Bechayah, the Sefer Achinuch, they all hold if someone dies through the kiss of Hashem, there's no Tumah. Tais is asking Mamish from a, a halachi, just the opposite, that they're, they're, because they're from way back when, they don't give off any Tumah. So V'yesh Loimar says, Tais is not the answer is, Avram Avinu Nikra Adam, Avram is called Adam. It says, there's a postdoc that says, Ha'adam Ha'godol, the great man, and referring to, uh, to Avram, the Chain Adam Harishan. Adam is also called an Adam. Yeah, not Adam. No, not Yitzchak or Yaakov. No, you have to have a Pasuk. Avram, there's a Pasuk that says, Ha'adam Ha'gadol Ba'anokim, and the, the, the Chazal say refers to Avram. Ulahachi ein lamato mikro de Adam. Oh, that's why they do give off. Adam and Avram give off tomb of the tent. Why? Yeah, they're from a cave from before the Dibur, right? But we use a, there is a pasuk that says even kvarim from way back when give off tumah by touching. Okay, there's no pasuk that says such kvarim give off tumah in the oil. However, once I have parshas chukas that says every someone who's an adam gives off tumah in the tent, if that applies by goyim, that's a debate of shim bayechai the chachamim. But it definitely applies to adam and avram because they're called adam. So according to Tais, if he goes to Mars Machpelah, Yitzchak and Yankiv is not a problem. Of the oil, it's a problem of Avram and Adam. But wait a second. According to Tosis, what about Yosef? Yosef's from before the Dibur. He's not called Adam. So according to Tosis, Yosef gives no tomb of the tent. So this answers most of our question. Once Moshe Rabbeinu got the Torah and he became a Kayan, he wasn't touching Yosef anymore. We saw in number four and number five, Yosef was going on his own. Where was Yosef's body? I think it was in Moshe's tent. Aye, then there's oil. No, there isn't. Tosis holds a tever from before doesn't give off. Unless you're called Adam. You can't touch it! He didn't have to touch it! He didn't have to touch it! According to the Chizkunder, he didn't have to touch it. Aye, he touched it when he took it out of the thing. He wasn't a Kayan yet. That's what Tosis says about Moshe Rabbeinu and the divorcee. He wasn't a Kayan yet. Or he didn't give off to him, according to this. Right. No, touching no, touching is a problem. No, according to Tosis here, you can't touch. No, touching the box is problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the box is a coffin. Yeah, the chair. So, so he couldn't touch it. But that's fine. When did he touch it? 
when he wasn't yet a Kayan. He wasn't yet a Kayan, there's nothing to be Machmer. He gets to Torah, he's a Kayan. At that point, Yosef's moving on his own. Aye, they were in the same tent. Torah says in Baba Basra, there's no tomb of the tent for someone that died before Asir Sadibris. Fakert, I'm saying, even if he wasn't a tent, it's fine. In his tent, in his well, 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 he definitely traveled. He was no way. The Gemara says he used to travel with Moshe. Yeah, he traveled. When they traveled, he traveled right next to Moshe. Her when they camped. I'm saying even if they were in the same tent, we have a good answer. You want to say a different tent? Anyhow, so these are. This is some of the discussion about. Uh, but definitely, this is. These are all according to the opinions that don't hold kedusha of, of a tzaddik. Yeah, that well, there was one option. Again, Chidok quotes from Teisus said, uh, and he's not the only one. The Eon Yankiv. We um, we'll go, we said the Eon Yankiv. Yankiv Raisha also lived about passed away about three hundred years ago. He also believes that the pshat here is that Yosef wasn't killed through the Malachamovus, and therefore there's no uh, there's no tumor. That's what he says. It's a problem because the Gemara and Baba Basra and Daphne Zion counts. No, the Gemara and Baba Basra counts a few mm. people that did not die through the Malachamovus. It counts the Ovis and Moshe, Aaron, Miriam. It doesn't count Yosef. So you'll say it's only counting those that we have psukim for, but it could be it applies to more people. The Gemara and Brochus, the Davches, says there are hundreds and hundreds of ways to die, and it counts Mrs. Neshika, the kiss of God, as one of the ways, as if it really exists. But did Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi die we, through the kiss of Hashem? We can say that That's such the, a people. I think Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says, people, yeah. Malachamavit killed them. Like Yosef, a tzaddik. So it's either that or only, Mrs. Neshika. Right. Where does the kinoi come, Yosef Hatzadik? Because it's connected. You always say Yosef Hatzadik. Why is Yosef called Sadiq? Oh, we had a... In Medrash. It's because Al-Mikhram Bakesev... Yosef is called a Sadiq in Amos. Al-Mikhram Bakesev Sadiq. The brothers sold Yosef and refers to him as Sadiq. That's it. Noyach. Okay, but in Tanakh, it's just Noyach and Yosef. That was a connection, is it? Yeah, yeah. I have, we have another shit. Anyhow, so just quickly, just to go through the answers... By the way, we're going to see on, on Yom Kippur when we say that the Ten Arugi Malchus, when they killed Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, cut off his head, and Rabbi Shmuel, the Kohen Godel, picked up his head. Right, that was in the Shia. How did he pick up his head? So many Taina, oh, it's because when a Nasi passes away, everyone's his relatives. But Rabbi Shmuel's Kohen Godel. So it must be, yeah. Or it could, it could be, it could be the word when a Nazi dies, it's more than just a relative. It could be when a Nazi dies, he's considered like a. There's a when a Nazi dies, when a Nazi dies, there's really two ways to say. It. One way is that he's everyone's relative, but there's another way to say it. He deserves so much honor that as long as one person is missing, he's still considered a mace mitzvah. In other words, the Nazi's honor is so important that the Kohen Gadol needs to be there as well. If the Kohen Gadol's not there, it's like the Nazi's a mace mitzvah. He needs the Kohen Gadol to attend to him for his honor. And then it would apply to a Kohen Gadol too. Anyhow, so just to recap, the answers are like this. The truth is, you have to divide between what happened before the Torah was given, how Moshe got the body out of the water, how did he move it to Har Sinai, and then what happened for the next 40 years. For the first part of the story, Zebuchal Moshe wasn't a Kohen. So there's nothing to be machmir about. He only became a Kohen when he got the Torah. That's what Tosh is about Moshe marrying Tzipayra, remarrying Tzipayra. 
We gave an answer from the Yalkut David, Rab David Posner, that Moshe was a Koyan, but only for the benefits, right? No restrictions. Because whenever it says Aaron or Bonav, Moshe is excluded. Moshe could remarry his divorcee. Moshe could um, become, become Tomei. We gave the answer, Toysus gave two answers by us. One of them is, well, Moshe oversaw the project, he never touched it. Another answer was, um, Toysus said that Sadikim don't give off Tumah, that's the answer you like. Then we gave an answer that uh, Yosef was considered a mace mitzvah, and the question is, would that have worked for the whole 40 years or only for the beginning? We said Yosef might have been considered as a melech, he was like a nasi. Right? And even if Tzadikim give off Tumah, Koyin can still become Tomei for the respect of the Nasi. And the Shail is, would that have lasted for 40 years or only the beginning? What else? We gave from Chaim Al-Pandari that Moshe's personal Chumr to be Machmir before the Torah was given couldn't get in the way of his obligation to redeem the Jews. Now again, that would only help us until Matan Torah. And then we finally gave uh, our answer that until the... Um, b- 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 that until the Torah was given, Moshe may have had to touch Yosef to get him out of the water and to move him. Let's say to put his bones into the body of the, of the lamb that we saw in Torah's chance. But at that point, the Torah wasn't yet given, Moshe wasn't a Kayan. The next 40 years, where was Yosef's body? Even if it was in Moshe's tent, it's still okay. Because it don't touch because, it. Really. Because, right, it moved on its own. The next 40 years, Moshe never touched it. That's what the Chizkuni and Torah's chance say. It moved on its own. I, maybe he camped together with it in his tent, but Taisa says in number six that anyone that died before Matan Torah doesn't give off tum of the of oil. All right, that's some of the, like the, some of the discussion. Wow. Interesting. Beautiful, beautiful.